You're listening to Autism Approved Radio, where we bring hope and help into your home. Hello, everyone. Hi there, and welcome to Ron and Kristen bringing hope into your homes. We have a great show for you today. Yes, we do. We're happy to be here with you guys, and we are talking about love after divorce. Is there love after divorce? We're talking about that. And, we, and, and trust me, we're not, we won't have a pessimistic message about that for you. Uh, we're going to talk about that, give you some ideas. But first, we have to have the, the argument, argument of the day. day. All right, so Kristen, you've been in lots of different sort of areas and professions in your life. I've done some different things. If you had to choose, and again, we're probably being grossly stereotypical here and even bringing this up, but that's the nature of these arguments. If you had to choose between having a male boss or a female boss, like who do you think overall is better bosses, men or women? Men. How come? Um, I think that, especially if, and, and, and let me rephrase this a little bit, or I guess uh, define it a little bit better, right? Um, if you're on a management team and you have multiple women and you have men as well, um, I feel, and I've had this situation, so I can actually speak from personal experience, I feel like women, one, are like way too competitive with each other. And there's too much drama when it comes to women. I think it's our emotions. I think we're more sensitive in general. Where men are just more black and white. Where it's kind of like, okay, here's your task. This is what you need to do. I don't need to know about blah, 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 blah. I just need to know, like, can you meet your deadline? You know? And and they're not, like, they're not all about the drama. Like, they don't want the drama. They literally want to go to work, leave work. And I feel like they manage things better. And they kind of keep the drama under control. And they're not even so competitive. Like, yes, there is a competitive streak with men and men, of course, right? But I also feel like they're, it's a healthy competitive streak where women seem to have more of a jealousy competitive streak. So it's like, oh, well, he only wants, she only got the promotion because she's pretty. Or is she sleeping with the boss? Or is she sleeping with her supervisor? There's all this kind of like crazy rumors that go around with another woman. But you never really hear a guy talk like that. Like you never hear a guy say like, oh, he made it to the top because he slept with, you mean, granted, I know some guys do, but I'm just saying like, you don't really ever hear that as a stereotype, you know, kind of, um, you know, definition of how why men make it to the top, right? And so I really think having a man as a boss, and granted, like, like I, I report to a man, and it's nice because he kind of keeps me on track, too. It's like, okay, we got 30 minutes. He always usually gives me an extra five minutes, right? And, but it's, it's very much like, okay, what are we doing? Give me this, the Reader's Digest version, and where are we going from here? What projects are you working on? And it's kind of like, simple. And I think, now granted, I think women can work good together, and if there's I no... I thought you just said that they're competitive. No, no, no. I'm talking, about for, I'm talking about just like in general, like as co-workers. But when one's a boss and the other one is like, if, if, if the woman... And I, not all women are like this because I've also had women bosses that are, that are, I guess, more, uh, I guess, more human-like. I don't know how to explain it. They're not robotic-y. They're very... But it, it depends if the woman's not jealous. Like, if the woman is... Calm, but that's true for men, too. No, I don't think so. I think, I think women... I think their PMSy moments if I had to choose, are not good. If I had to choose, I would choose a female boss for sure. Now, I, are you the guy that sleeps his way to the top? Or? <laughs> no, I'm not the guy that sleeps his way to the top. I really, if I had to choose, I would choose a female boss because I actually find that they're. I don't find them to be like overly dramatic or anything. I definitely don't find that. In fact, I actually find 
the, at least I can speak from experience. The female bosses I have have been actually very no nonsense, very no nonsense, very easy to work with, very reasonable. I actually find that I've had more male bosses who've been um, kind of, uh, I guess I would just sort of say more, there's more ego there. Uh, that, that's what I've found. And um, I, I don't have a, it's not like I have a problem with that. I can work. I've had guy bosses, no, no problem. But I do certain things to navigate my way around that when I have a guy boss because I know that they, they want to be seen as a top dog or whatever. And I'm, I'm fine with that. But ultimately, I don't have that. I don't have that issue when I've been working with women who are my, who are my boss. I, I just think, I think it also women have had, because they've been so uh, stereotyped and held back in so many different ways in our society, I feel like they've had to learn to navigate people and navigate that system corporate system or whatever so much that they've by the time they're a boss of anyone they're amazing at it and they're you know a guy can sort of just coast his way there that can't have you know you're talking about women sleeping their way up to the top but actually it's really hard for a woman to get to the top in a, in a lot of male dominated industries so when they're when they're doing that they that means they've gotten they're even better than the same male boss doing the same job yeah, I don't agree. You don't. <laughs> I, I'm, like, thinking in particular people that, like, I actually, I've worked several jobs, you know, going through college and just in my life, right? All of my jobs that I've ever had that I had to report to a female turned out never to be good for me. Like, it was never good. They always act like they're your friend. They always Have act like they... Have you considered that maybe there's something about you that's making that happen? So what kind of show is this going to be like today? I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just wondering. Maybe they're like... You know, maybe I, you're... Uh, I'll be honest. Yes. Like, no, because I actually have been in groups of where there's several of the same, like, five or six women reporting to one woman. And all women have the same experience. It's really? Like, yeah, it's like this kind of jealousy kind of weirdness, like, where the woman's afraid that you're trying to get her job, you're trying to, like, out, out you know, um, make make yourself look better than she does. Um, they're very insecure in the, mo- in the most part. Um, I think there are certain jobs out there that women bosses are great. Um, however, it's interesting, though, because men, again, it's taking away that drama, the black and white of it, making super easy of, like, I go to work, I do my job, I go home. Like, usually men don't know a lot about different people at work because they're just focused on getting in, getting out. They're not, even though they love their career, but they're focused on the specific thing of it. Where if you talk to a woman in a company, she'll know everything almost about anybody. Like, oh, that's Peggy, and she's married to Bill, and they have three kids and two cats, and oh, their daughter's now in college, and like, they know everything, but like, a guy doesn't typically know that. And that's a bad thing. Well, no, I think a guy has no nonsense, He and I think that's why they make better bosses. Uh, well, all my female bosses have been totally no-nonsense. Well, Sincere. I think we're going to have to agree to, to disagree. disagree. All right. <laughs> okay, so, guys, it's time for the theme, theme of, of the, the show. show. yes Okay, and we are talking about love after divorce. Is, is there love after divorce? Well, we certainly believe there is. Um, so we wanted to talk to you, have make some specific suggestions and strategies to help make that fact that there is love after divorce a reality for you. Well, first of all, we have so many people in the autism community divorced. I've heard lots of statistics, you know, like 80%, 90% um, of those in the autism community are divorced. I think some of those are exaggerated, but go on. Okay, let's even say it was 70. I mean, it's still higher than like the typical... Um, and I did read it actually um, in several magazines that they were talking about special needs in general and that since autism is one of the highest levels of special needs at the moment, 
there has to be some truth to that, right? Um, granted, I feel like I never, first of all, I never want the parent to blame the divorce on the child with special needs, right? I feel like a lot of people do that. I do think it makes the marriage harder. However, it also kind of tests you to whether or not you're strong enough. And either you can go down one path and make your marriage stronger, or you can go down another path and where it kind of crumbles. I think many couples out there tend to sometimes take the route of it's too hard, there's just too much going on, and then they get divorced, and then it looks at it, they look back and they go, oh, it started when X, Y, and Z, my child became autistic or had autism, right? But I don't necessarily think it was that the fact that the child had autism. I think it just happened to be the straw that broke the camel's back, right? They weren't strong enough. They didn't have enough foundation um, to hold them up, right? And then what ends up happening is usually, not always, because I actually know a lot of dads that are kind of like the stay-home dad and like take care of the child or the primary caregiver for their child. But I would say majority of the people out there are the moms that are, you know, the primary caretaker of their special needs kiddo. And when that happens, it's harder to, first of all, if you're a single parent and you have typical children, it's hard to find a guy that's like willing to take that on, right? Um, and then you add that to the combination of the special needs child. Now it's like, can they understand my kid? Do they understand where my money goes? Do they understand the time factor? Do they understand this, 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 and this, right? What I see a lot of people in the community do is they either gravitate towards each other where they like want to date each other because they get it. Now that that works for you, I say great, go for it. That don't work for me, but that works for a lot of other people. Doesn't work for me just because I feel like I already have one child that I have to really take a lot of focus and you know energy to. Um, I know myself, I couldn't be spread that thin. You know, nothing to do with the man, just knowing the responsibility. However, I know lots of people that do it. They're super happy, and I think that's awesome. But I also think I've actually heard women say it's not fair for me to date somebody. One, take away time for my child, but also it's not fair to that man because they don't... Really? Oh, I've heard many women say that because they feel like that man then basically... why If they're in this world of autism, why are they bringing somebody in that... He's choosing as much as they are. Oh, I absolutely agree. But they've, they've now put themselves in this such a victim role. Yeah. And yeah. they believe that they're not worthy. And on top of that, they believe their child's not worthy, which is like actually kind of crazy right but they don't they're not actually trying to punish themselves you're not trying to punish their child but it's a state of mind that they're kind of stuck in and I really believe that if they kind of got out of that like shell and said you know what you're right I am worth it. I am worth anybody and I will make the any man the luckiest man to be with me my child is the coolest kid on the planet is like what they need to start thinking and that anybody in your child's life is lucky to have been introduced to your child, right? And to have that opportunity to have your child love them and then love your child back. And so I feel like a lot of the people, especially the moms, because I can I talk to more moms, obviously, but there's this like victim kind of sense, you know, in their bodies of like, oh, I don't have time. I'm in therapy. When am I gonna have time to meet a guy? You know, why would a guy want to be with me? You know, I am so exhausted. When do I have time to give effort to that? Um, I have so much debt. That why would anybody want to even talk to me? I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. So they're always making an excuse. Now, the one thing I can tell you is if you say it's not going to happen, I can promise you it's not going to happen. We say the same thing about our kids, right? Same thing for us. So as a mom out there and a woman out there, I would recommend, you know what? What would you do if your child was typical, right? Would you go on dating sites? Absolutely, you probably would. Would you go to your church and maybe do the singles kind of thing they got going on? 
Absolutely. Would you hang out with your girlfriends and maybe go, you know, to a place where they have nice wine and people kind of talk and maybe you go play golf or you play tennis or whatever you want to do, but don't close yourself off because the number one way to never meet somebody is to close yourself off. You have to open yourself up for any possibility that might happen. Now, once you've done that, you're going to start noticing that people start looking at you. And you know what? They probably were looking at you before, but you never noticed it. So now all of a sudden you go to the grocery store and you're, you know, buying whatever your organic food and whatever else you're doing. And you look up and now all of a sudden this gentleman, now maybe he, he's your type and maybe he's not, but that doesn't matter. The fact that you are able to attract the opposite sex is, I mean, and again, doesn't same, have to be the yeah, opposite sex. That you're able to attract whatever's going to attract you back kind of thing, right? Yes. Like, I don't want to, I don't know about being politically correct or whatever, but you know what I'm trying to say, people, okay? That you're attracting a mate for that matter. And you never, you don't notice that stuff before because you're so close to it. And when you start to open yourself up, don't be afraid that there could be love after divorce. So what if someone then goes out on a date, right? Let's say they do it. They do everything you say. They're going out on a date with someone who's not in the community, right? Do you have any, any thoughts on that? Well, okay, here's one thing. When you're at dinner, do not talk about your child with autism. Like, Well, you don't mean they should hide it or something. No, no, no. Right? You absolutely know that their child, they, they absolutely can tell the person, like, yes, my son or daughter has special needs. Leave it at that. How many of you have ever had a friend that literally pulls out 27 pictures and wants to show you Bobby's, this is Bobby's first soccer match. This is Tina's first ballet class. And you're just like, and after like the 30th picture, you're just like, okay, seriously, I'm going to just like roll over now and die. Cause it's like, you don't want to look at any more pictures. So you know that same feeling you get? And granted, do you like Bobby and Tina, your friend's kids? Absolutely. Would you mind looking at a couple pictures? Absolutely. You'd be okay. But when you went out with your friend to go have a glass of wine, do you think that you were signing up to have to hear Bobby and Tina's entire life story for the last two months? No, right? So what I would say is don't try to scare them off. You know, talk about what adult people talk about. You're actually going out to get some adult stimulation, like conversation, something that has nothing to do with, like, autism. Like, we need to kind of get out of that. We live it 24-7. When we're going out, this should be a time where you take time for yourself. Enjoy the food you're eating. Like, literally, savor every bite. Go, wow, I had no idea mashed potatoes was this good. You know, like, enjoy that glass of wine. (laughs) You know, enjoy the dessert that you're going to order. And enjoy the conversation about what other people are talking about other than autism because your group is that's all they talk about number one number two do not talk about poop whatever you do do not talk about poop and i can tell you i have said oh my gosh they're like literally they forget that they're not in the autism world so they're sitting there at this like gorgeous dinner and they just start talking about poop. oh my son didn't have a bowel movement today oh my diary my son my daughter has diarrhea again okay seriously um, a regular person that's not in our world does not understand what you're doing. They actually think you're gross. So, like, do not talk about that. Like, you're eating food. Now, is it totally acceptable in the autism community? Yes. However, even if you choose to date somebody else in the autism community, do not talk about autism. Because, if anything, you both already know everything about it. Like, you don't need to talk about it, right? Um, well, maybe they have things in common and stuff. Yeah. And you know what? They don't have to talk about the autism part. They have, maybe they play tennis. Maybe they like movies. Maybe they like golf. Maybe they like to do art. I don't know. But talk about anything other than, did your daughter have a bowel movement? Did your son have a bowel movement? Did they have a meltdown? Did the therapist show up on time? Did the IEP meeting go okay? Okay, this is not a lecture about autism on your first date. Now, as, let's say, the, the relationship's, start to develop and it starts to get stronger, 
absolutely you can start educating like one little thing at a time. But the thing is, your significant other that is potentially going to be your mate for long term, hopefully, they're wanting to get to know you first. By getting to know you, your child is an extension of you, right? But that doesn't mean that they have to consume everything you talk about. They don't actually want to see Jimmy, you know, at therapy, you know, pointing to his very first toilet or whatever he's doing, right? They don't want to see the first picture he drew. One day, yes, you want to make sure they do want that, but not on the first impression. Like, that is not what we need to do. Have any of you guys, you probably all have seen the movie Aaron Brockovich, right? And you remember when the guy goes to her door and he's like, I just want to get your number. And she says, now, of course, by the way, I'm going to totally butcher this, but you'll get the idea. He says, you know, um, I just want to get your number. And she's like, well, what number do you want? Do you want three? Those are the number of kids I have. You know, do you want eight? That's the amount of dollars I have in my bank account. Do you want five? Because that's the amount of creditors that are calling me right now. Like she like literally lists all these things. And then she like, after she gets to the, like listing all this like really scary stuff, she's like, and if all, if you can remember all those numbers, my number is five 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 three two one seven. And if you want to call me now, you can like, and like hangs up the door. He and he up, does call. Absolutely. But. That was not the right way to do it, right? Like, she basically, you're not trying to scare the guy. Like, you know, you don't need to say, three, those are the number of bowel movements that I had to clean up yesterday, you know. Two are the amount of hours of sleep that I got, you know. Five are the amount of therapy sessions that I have to go to daily. Like, you don't want to scare these people. It's about, you know, getting to know each other and enjoying yourself because, you know what, you were a woman or a man first before you were a parent. So trying to get back to that. So definitely, that's the first thing. Um, when you're or second or whatever thing when you're at dinner, right? The other thing is when you're going to plan a date, make sure you have B and C backups. Meaning B and C backups. Yes. So like you have a babysitter come and they're gonna cancel. You don't want it to cancel on this first date. You know, you want to actually have a backup. So then maybe you get a backup. Oh, like a backup babysitter. Yes. And then uh-huh. maybe grandparents are like the third thing, right? Um, because this is something that you want to Make sure that you're going to give your, prioritize yourself. You know, don't set yourself up for failure. Another thing is as the relationship gets to like grow, you know, you don't need to introduce your child right away. Like I would never introduce my child right away unless I knew something was serious, right? So that could be six months for you. That could be a year. Everybody has their kind of magic moment. Make sure that you really like stick to that. And that way, you kind of prep the person. And at that point, you're showing videos, you're showing pictures, you're kind of talking more. But again, guys, this is about you. Oh, another thing. Make sure you actually dress up. Like, remember what a date is supposed to be like. So do your makeup, do your hair. Actually, get dressed. Because a lot of us are in sweats and baseball caps for a good portion of the day. But again, prioritizing yourself and prioritizing the date is going to get you a long way. So can there be love after divorce? Yes. First foundation? Open yourself up for the possibility. <laughs> All right. Kristen Selby G rocking it out in the house today. Can you tell I am passionate? <laughs> yes. yes. So um, now it's time for Kristen's Corner. And again, I found, I'm really liking this site right now, this healthandwealthcenter.com. Um, Again, we've been talking about different, throughout the like last month and this month, we're going to be talking about things to empower yourself to create the life that you've always wanted, right? So um, another thing we, were, we found was um, always have a plan. It says, they're actually talking about time management. They're saying there are 24 hours in each day. How are you going to use them? Time management is a skill that everyone should master in order to get the most out of every day. 
Once you learn how to budget your time well, you'll be able to lend a more productive. I'm sorry, you'll be able to lead a more productive, less stressful, and healthy life. Consider these five time management tips. Always have a plan. Schedules and to-do lists are, are, your, are actually your friends. Set goals and create steps that will lead you to those goals. Think of the big picture, 10 years, five years, one year from now. Break them down into goals into months, then weeks, and then days. Plan to move toward your goals every day and follow your plan. Be flexible. Life happens. Unexpected events change in your schedule and relationships can also have an effect on your schedule. It is important to be able to adjust your plans and schedules to do the list to accommodate those little extra changes that you might not know came about. Uh, Prioritize your tasks. Do the things that are the most important first. Working before you play will help you get these these things done. Think of pleasure as a reward for doing these things that you don't like doing. Prioritizing you um, can also prepare for those unexpected situations. Factor in time for yourself. Don't forget that you have to eat, you have to sleep, take care of yourself. Personal care and time for fun and relaxation are also important. The better you take care of yourself, the more you'll be able to give to others to the, and the more productive you'll be. Refresh and rejuvenate your energy often and know when you have to take a break. Last one, cut out unnecessary tasks. You can simply do, you simply can't do everything for everyone all the time. If you look closely at all your commitments and activities, there will be some non-essential things that you can cross off your list. You might have to disappoint some by do, not doing them a favor, but you can say yes to the things that fit in line with your goals, give you pleasure, and don't take away from your most important activities. So that is a great, some great five tips. Nice. And uh, again, I always ask you to ask yourself, what have you done in your five minutes? And that's Kristen's Corner. All right. Thank you, Kristen. And now it's time for... Ron's, Ron's rant. rant. Ron's, Ron's rant. rant. Ron's rant. Rant, 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 rant. Okay. So, uh, guys, I have a pretty short rant here, but I'm sure you are all going to be able to relate to it because it starts with this question. Uh, why don't insurance companies cover most autism treatments? What in the like? What's up with that? It's the weirdest thing. Autism is a neurological disorder, not to mention a digestive, immunological, all sorts of things, which are physiological things going on, and it's the costs for a lot of these treatments are astronomical. And there's no, it's very bizarre. Like if if a if a child has cancer or a child bumps his or her head or whatever, they're covered on their insurance, right? But it, or if a child has muscular dystrophy or anything, any different kinds of things. Um, autism, it's like the weirdest thing. It's, it's like there's almost a place carved out that doesn't get covered by insurance. I, I, I don't know if the, the end, you know, if the sort of ultimate thing is to, to regulate this or just to convince a few insurance companies to do it and then that will start a domino effect. Like I actually don't know the solution, but it is very strange to me that this is the one thing which is affecting more and more children that insurance companies are not covering. Um, and by the way, insurance companies not covering autism has two deleterious effects. One is, is uh, parents have to pay for everything themselves, which essentially bankrupts them for a lot of parents. I mean, really just bleeds them dry financially. The other thing is that parents have their treatment choices drastically reduced for this for the same reason. So this is the kind of thing where if there, a small change like this, and admittedly financially it's not a small change, but a change like this in insurance companies actually covering this would really, really change the world for families of children with autism. That's really good. And that's the end of the show. Yes, sir. And guys, if you guys want us to do a topic or you want us to do something different on the show, please email us at 
ronandkristin at gmail.com, which is R-A-U-N-A-N-D-K-R-I-S-T-I-N at gmail.com. Or please, please find us on Facebook, Kristen Selby Gonzalez or Ron K. Kaufman, and we'll talk to you there. And until next time, guys, thanks for allowing us to bring hope into your homes. Have a wonderful day, guys. Bye, guys. You're listening to Autism Approved Radio.